Hi, I'm Jackie, and this is Behind the Talent. Today we'll hear from the first guest I interviewed for the series. Lindsay Kinzer is not a musician. She's not a manager. In fact, she's never worked in the music industry. She's an engineer. And no, not an audio engineer, but a mechanical engineer. Most importantly, she's a music fan. Let me set the stage for you. It's 2012. You're scrolling through your Tumblr feed of couple pictures and inspirational quotes when you come across the track that made you fall in love with your favorite band. For Lindsay, that track is All in White by The Vaccines. Break me on the 37th hour Tout me, doubt me, show me all of you the vaccines but i first heard them in like 2012 when i was in like my tumblr days someone i followed i had really good taste in music and i respected it and they shared a song by the vaccines and i listened to it i was like that's it this is it they just kept coming out with stuff that i really resonated with and that was really fun to drive to that like i don't know made my angsty self feel validated and I feel like I grew up through high school and college really with the vaccines as like the soundtrack to my life, which was nice. I I don't really like feel like I've lived the vaccine songs, but they've always played in the background. Yeah, that's super interesting to hear that you found your favorite band through Tumblr. Was this from a Tumblr page about music or someone you know? They, They were just a person and we had similar interests. And so we weren't like friends, but... Uh, we were like mutuals. And mutuals, for those of you who aren't familiar with Tumblr, is today's equivalent of followers. I really liked her opinions on things and I really liked her taste in music. She listened to similar music as I did back then. And then she said that the vaccines were her favorite band and she shared a song, All in White, which was her favorite song. It's not my favorite song, but I listened to that and that was like my gateway into the vaccines. It was really nice. It was kind of out of nowhere, and I'm very glad that I listened to it. Yeah, it's crazy to think that Tumblr was the music discovery channel of 2012. How do you keep up with the vaccines new stuff? Do you seek it out, or does it pop up on Spotify playlists or other channels? Most of the time added to my library. So the sound that they make, another word for that is music. (laughs) Yeah. But the music that they make is similar to a lot of the other music I listen to. So if I'm on Spotify and I click related artists for some of the bands, they'll pop up as recommended. I don't do a ton of discovery through playlists that other people curate. Unless they're like my friends, I'll listen to those. But they're probably in some playlists. Not a ton, but probably some. Yeah, it's incredible dedication that you've been following them since 2012. Do you keep up with their social medias as well? I do, uh, but I would say that's the exception and not the rule. I mean, I don't follow all of the artists that I like on social media, but The Vaccines is a band that I really enjoy and I like listening to, and I want to know what they're up to. I want to know when they're releasing things, when they're going on tour, but bands that I listen to more casually and less 
I'm not going to say obsessively, but like bands that I listen to more casually, I'm not as interested. Uh, so I don't necessarily follow them. It's interesting you bring up the point about wanting to stay up to date on what the band's doing and how that marketing element is really an exception and not the rule. Yeah. Do you think of bands in a way of a business? And would you say you have a good understanding of the business side of music? Uh, so little. But um, <laughs> I'm, I have very little exposure to the music industry side of music. But one of my friends, is manager of bands so i through her am exposed to dealing with merch stuff dealing with scheduling dealing with getting instruments and equipment inside and outside of venues there's a lot involved and i don't even know like the tip of the iceberg yeah but i definitely think you know more than you think you do there's so much oh my gosh so let's test some of your industry knowledge you mentioned that you have a friend who manages a band or bands she seems to wear all of the hats from a roadie to merch seller to driver on more of a high profile level, like a Vampire Weekend or a Shawn Mendes type act. How many team members do you think they have? So those are two very big artists. So I can I think out loud and like walk you through my thought process? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to guess 20 plus. That's actually a really good guess. I don't know what the answer is. Do you know what the answer is? For acts that size, I would say at least 10 people working, but that would just be on day-to-day -day things. That's not taking into account their global teams or PR people or marketing team. So that I would say is, is a conservative number for sure. That's insane. That's so many. Yeah, definitely. There are so many people involved. But going back to the 20 people you were thinking of, what kinds of people or job duties would be in that group? I would think social manager, coordinator, social media manager or something like that. That'd be one. Somebody is probably in charge of release dates of music. Somebody's probably in charge of logistics planning, which might be like the agent, I think. Merchandise, creative licensing i don't know any real words but i like that stuff media appearances like on the radio somebody's probably doing that i don't oh my god i don't know somebody has to tell people what they can't wear like you can't wear a stupid shirt on an album cover probably so that's probably someone's job pr oh my gosh pr is a job if sean mendez is on the red carpet he has to have someone oh that's uh that's so many <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the web truly gets bigger the more you look at it. But you did touch on album releases a bit when you talked about there's someone that, you know, helps guide that that rollout. Mm -hmm. Do you think the timing of a release contributes to the success of a record? It has to matter. There's no way it doesn't matter. I feel like it must, but I don't know how. Yeah, as a fan and a consumer, does a long album release rollout entice you to want to listen to the album for me uh, it makes me more excited so as like an example so Haim is a, another group that I really like and they came out with a few singles I think like two or three at this point but a few months ago they came out with a single and they're supposed to come out with an album like later in the year and then they came out with another single and with that single they were like we're actually going to release our new album earlier than we originally thought. And that made me super excited. So I have been listening to them almost excessively. And it just, it makes me more excited. Yeah, for sure. I'm a huge fan of Haim. I think they're one of the greatest girl groups of this generation. And Now I'm In It is such a great track. Looking in the mirror again and again. 
How much of a say do you think they had in the release timeline of those singles and now the upcoming album? I don't know. I think they probably had some input, especially because, I mean, they are pretty mainstream. They're very big in like the alternative and I guess like the outskirts of indie, but more on the alternative side. But I think because they're not Shawn Mendes level or like Justin Bieber level, they would have more say. But I'm sure there's a whole team of people, like the five to 10 people you talked about before, who are giving reasons why you should release it earlier or later. But I don't know. They probably don't have as much say as I would originally think. That's totally understandable, and I think it's definitely subjective based on the artist. Anheim seems like a team that would have a lot of say. How important do you think the role of the manager is in that relationship? I think a really good manager can be really helpful to a career, and a really bad manager can be pretty bad. If you have a bad manager, it's not the end of the world, but if you have a good manager, it can make a huge difference. The more a manager believes in you and is able to network for you and kind of figure things out for you, with you, I mean, and speak to other people on your behalf and have your best interest at heart, I think that will help you immensely. Yeah, I'm sure that there's so many things that go into it. I don't want to say like, if you're a little baby artist and you don't have a manager, you're screwed, but I feel like having a good manager who believes in you is so important. Definitely. I think that's key. And also having them help you build a team around you that's advocating for you. Now, that client relationship with the manager is super important and impacts the success of a career. How do you define the success of an artist or band? I really like that question. For me personally, I don't care so much about how many records people are selling or how many charts they're topping or how many records they're breaking. That kind of stuff isn't super important to me. I think because I listen to music because I feel like I identify with it and it means a lot to me. And the lyrics and the music and the beat, that really means a lot to me. Not so much like if other people like the music. If other people like it, that's fine. If people who are really into music and know a lot more than I do like it, that's fine. But I don't see myself as someone who needs to know that other people like music in order to listen to it and enjoy it. So for me, I think the actual music that they're making, if they believe in it and if it's something that speaks to me, that's more of a success, in my opinion, than going platinum. Yeah, from everything you've said this whole time we've been chatting, it seems like music holds a really personal place in your heart. And it's not really about the numbers for you. It's about how you connect with the music. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And one of the reasons why I love, you know, working behind the scenes is is giving that experience to other people. And having that music super accessible is really important, I think, for both you and me, it would affect us greatly if something like Spotify were to no longer exist. It would affect me greatly. Um, I have CDs. Um, I used to only be able to listen to music in my car if I played a CD. So I have a ton of CDs, but I no longer have a CD player. So I'd have to find one. But I listen to music a lot, pretty frequently. Being able to listen to music is a big player into like my mental health even, and being able to listen to music puts me in a better mood. It allows me to feel things more like openly without necessarily talking about things. So 
if I wasn't able to just like hit shuffle on a playlist that I have for a certain mood or a certain artist, it would be really hard for me. I'm pretty reliant on streaming services for music. I use Spotify and I use it a lot. (laughs) And now thinking about if it were gone tomorrow, I think that would affect me a lot more than I would think. (laughs) Yeah. Streaming platforms have really changed the game for the consumer experience, and it would be a big shame if Spotify was not around anymore. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't let Spotify go away tomorrow. All right, everybody, that wraps up our first episode of the Behind the Talent podcast. I want to thank Lindsay for her amazing input on her understanding of what happens behind the talent and behind musicians that she loves. Oh, and don't worry, Spotify is not going anywhere. Next episode, we'll hear from Austin, who is someone both on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk about the 1975, why creative directors are crucial members of the team, and how much we all love Haim. I'm Jackie, and thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Talent.